0: Welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast.
1: Here again, we get to rejoice in truth and uh, the way that it impacts our lives and the way that it is so incredibly relevant. So glad glad you're tuning in to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast. That's our goal every week, to brag on Jesus and to uh, celebrate the superiority of the Christian worldview. Before we do that, we got a lot of great stuff happening right here that hopefully if you're in the area, you can take advantage of. Uh, first of all, coming up this weekend is our market share ministry. Of which Pastor Andrew uh, navigates and leads the way on that uh, with a great team around him. But talk about uh, what's what's what are you serving up on Saturday? Yeah. Besides we, some good food. Yeah, we're we're having breakfast, eight o'clock, and then we're talking about
0: what does making disciple look like in the marketplace. Now often great question.
1: Great question. And great often question.
0: people associate a making disciple only with church activities. Right. But like you said, we we should be making disciple in every realm of our lives. In That's our good. family, or if our wives, or if our kids, or if our husbands
1: and uh, with our boss, with our employees. This is the beautiful understanding of the kingdom. Again, it transcends the, the normal boundaries. We Absolutely. tend to think of church and Jesus and religious things as happening in the four walls on Sunday. But discipleship, as you said, is a whole life event. It, it involves Absolutely. every aspect of our life. And we want to talk about what it looks
0: like to, to be making a disciple in a non-Christian workplace. You know, I, I think one example we, we, we often refer to is Joseph. Yeah. You know, he said, I father Pharaoh you know wow. in many ways
1: he he disciple disciple uh, the king here I love this so he's a man that's not in the top position he's yeah. he's he's a supporting player ob- yeah. obviously a high ranking supporting player but he fathers and I love that word he 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 comes in as a as a spiritual mentor guide father to a pharaoh and uh, and influences him Absolutely. in an amazing and way and saved several nations yeah.
0: and um, anyway the point is uh, we want to expand the work. When we think about disciples, we often think, you know, the rabbi with his flock of students. None of us are really living that lifestyle right, right. now. I don't have a flock of students following me around where <laughs> right. I go. Um, but but, but our call is for to make disciples of all nations. So what does that look like in the most practical place?
1: That's so, really good. Yeah. So that's what time on Saturday? Well, breakfast starts at 8. And, so. and we, we need you to register online so that we make sure we have enough food for you. Yeah, right? please do that. And, and we have a super... Uh, exciting uh, conference
0: coming out. We call it the Avodah Conference. Yeah. Talk,
1: about, talk about that word Avodah. What does that mean? Where did that come from? And, uh, yeah. and how does that tie into the conference? Yeah, we, we really learned that word Avodah from a group called King Night and at Work and down in Lubbock, Texas.
0: Uh, the, the, the word Avodah is the, word, the Hebrew word for work, worship, and service. In other words, they, to the Jews, they made no distinction between work and worship. So work is worship. So we're, worship we're hosting a
1: conference we're calling Avodah.
0: Yeah. Uh, in the nope. first week in November. First week in November. Friday. And um, mm-hmm.
1: who's invited? And
0: what's? How do people find out more information? Well, uh, it's on our website. Uh, everybody's invited. We we come <coughs> Excuse me. We come with different tracks for business owners, for high level high level leaders in the, in the company, for frontline workers, and even for pastors. The idea is that if you want your work, your everyday work, to not be menial, to be right. to be. Powerful to be worshipped, to be a service unto God, to be so meaningful, um, and to equip you to 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 get that sense of um, anointing and meaning yep. when you go into work. I mean, that's really our purpose. So this is actually a
1: market share event coming out of Living Stones It's one of our ministries, but we're partnering with our friends at Kingdom at Work. Uh, who will be uh, sharing some of the yeah. sessions with us? And obviously, it's a hand-in-glove situation. We've been so blessed by, by that ministry. Um, but we also want to see a larger presence emerge right here as, as a church family. We minister to to people in the marketplace. Yeah, we're looking for a great opportunity
0: to network and to connect with business. Leaders in our community, but also having a great contingent coming down from Lubbock, yeah. uh, coming off from Lubbock to join us. So, yeah, it's a so surprising faces. I'm
1: excited. It's going to be. It's going to be really, yeah. really great. Registration
0: on elstones.org. And so. this will
1: be a history making um, breakthrough moment for us, as it's our first marketplace conference that we're hosting. Hopefully, one of uh, of many more to come. Uh, let's also talk about a couple more opportunities. We got our our uh, men's. Um, Encounter coming up uh, in September, that's going to be really, really powerful. We encourage you all to sign up for that, especially obviously I'm speaking to the men right now. Ladies Encounter is already maxed out, and the waiting list is already maxed out. We're at our second or third or fourth waiting list, so it looks like if you're on that waiting list, you're going to probably need to look to the Winter Encounter, uh, which is coming up, and talk a little bit about Band of Brothers, because that's yeah. that's Just highlight. real quick before yeah. there,
0: so some hope for, for next year. We're going to have three encounters next year. Yes. So we did two this year, and we maxed those out. So we're doing the
1: same for men. We'll have three encounters for the men. So as there's we'll. hope
0: coming for next yes, year. So, so, if you so can't hold sign on. Up for this one, <laughs> hold we're, on. We're, we're preparing for more for this year. But yeah. the band
1: of brothers yeah. is our is our network of related pastors annual event where all the the men from the network come together. Of course, we hosted the Flourish Women's Conference as well, where all the ladies came together. But this Band of Brothers Conference is coming up in October. You will not want to miss it. Um, There will be hundreds and hundreds. We're hoping for probably 500 men this year. And uh, it's going to be powerful. So you won't want to miss it. Yeah.
0: And All where right. can you sign yeah. up for that?
1: On the website? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah, register. Stones.org. Yep. Hit register for that right now. We're in a chapter in the book Strange New World that we've been using as kind of a template for our discussion in these podcasts. The, the title of the chapter is a Plastic People, Liquid World, and we've been... Talking about how our identity, how the the idea of personhood has shifted to where we're in really a scenario right now that's crazy. And I've been addressing a lot of this in my Sunday sermon series called Me. I encourage you to check it out at lstones.org under the media page. Um, We're talking about a lot of the LGBTQ transgender issues, identity issues that are impacting us across the board from uh, East Coast to West Coast and everybody in between. And just by way of review, Pastor Andrew, and I'll hit a couple of these bullet points. We talked about how we're living in a world where authority has shifted from biology or the external world to the interior psychological realm of feelings. And so what you feel about who you are has more weight now, more authority than anything else, which is which is a new phenomenon. And that came from Rousseau and kind of the romanticism, which says your authentic self is the true self. Right. You know? What you feel is more important than anything else. Yeah. Uh, second thing was the centrality of sexual desire. Obviously, if who I am is what I feel, much of what I feel is sexual in nature, whether good or bad, um, and, uh, and therefore, we've seen the ascendance of... Sexuality as a big part, in fact, the core part of our identity. We can thank Freud for that, yeah. uh, and others, oh, Wilhelm Reich, as we talked about. Basically,
0: the the pursuit of happiness uh, is uh, is centered around your sexual desires, right? Which Have which, is, those which as dots.
1: we've seen uh, leads to a lot of problems because uh, if making myself happy means fully engaging in my sexuality, then uh, then there's usually a way of string sexual.
0: Yeah, desires pleasure. It, it, yeah.
1: So it's thus we have all this psycho or the sexual um, uh, brokenness in our culture yep. today. Then then we move to this whole point of how um, how our identity has largely become political and not personal. Talk a little bit about that. I mean, it used to we used to talk about our personal identities, but now it's become politicized and we have a government enforcing. Certain agendas yeah, because
0: this is no longer your personal issue now this has become a civil issue when you have related the, the pursuit of happiness to your identity and inner feelings now it's, it's a civil rights issue right now it's a it's a state issue it's a constitutional issue you know you 're not allowed to pursue uh, your happiness because of all these different things. So sure. there's a lot of entanglement in all these. All yeah. these.
1: So so, they, and we've talked about these things, but it's interesting how these are all new ideas that yeah. are leading to this brave new world. And then we last uh, podcast we talked about cultural and technological factors that have really come into play to make these philosophical ideas actually livable. Yeah. Um, if we wouldn't have had internet, for instance, if we wouldn't have had the pill and some of these other things, yeah. we would not be able to be pushing uh, this, this strange new agenda right. th- that we find as it relates to personhood. Now, you know, the last few weeks in my my series we've been preaching at Living Stones, we've been in Genesis chapter one, and we highlighted the fact that human beings are not animals. And, and so the whole no- notion of personhood kind of goes back to this idea of volition and freedom and the fact that we are able to do things that the animal world cannot do. I mean, I, I, you and I, we're, we're talking about dreaming about a conference in November. My dog is not doing that. Uh, the birds out there are not doing that. They're not thinking about choices they can make that can shape who they are and what they can do. That, those are things that are uniquely human. Yeah. Uh, and of course, our explanation for that is not evolution. Our explanation for that is we're created in the image and likeness of God. And so this whole notion of freedom plays a big part in who we are. And yet there are some things that that our freedom had nothing to do with. For instance, uh, it's, in other words, it's beyond our choices. Yeah. Like I was born in the family, I was born in. you were born in the family you were born. in. we had no choice over that. Uh, the nation that we're raised in, right? The community that we're born in, the schools that we attend. I mean, there's a lot of things about our lives that are completely beyond our volition and our freedom. In other words, we're part of a social community, a larger, uh, a larger fabric of our society, which whether we know it or not, impacts our identities as people. Yeah. In other words, we're, we're, we're made for freedom, but there's this other big need we have to belong and um and that's the that's the thing that that is being impacted right now as it relates to technology and other things like who how do we determine who we belong to it used to be things like our church our local church in fact most people would grow up and you went to the church right down the street it was within walking distance uh it was your family uh what your mom and dad who they were and how they taught you and the values they imparted to you right it was your uh, state uh, your nation in other words we grew up patriotic we we stand up to this day at, in most places anyway at football games what do we do Would you kindly remove your hat mm-hmm. and we put our hand over our heart and and we we sing the national anthem uh, because patriotism and what it and what it meant to be an american was a big part of <coughs> of what shaped us. Mm-hmm. So this whole notion, you know, he shares in the book, you know, that you're playing on recess and you pick two captains and you and I start picking our teams. And and if you're one of the first people picked, it gave you a sense of belonging. If you're the last person picked, it kind of said, yeah, you don't measure up. And so there's this deep God-given um, longing inside of human beings, not only to be free and to make choices, but to belong to somewhere, to be part of a, a tribe, so yeah. to speak, and uh, and so he talks about so this whole idea. So there's
0: a little bit of paradox here between this desire to be free and make your choices, but the other, but but we also found in ourselves this desire to belong and to conform. Right. So it's interesting because even like the rebels, like that, we kind of glorify <laughs> in our culture, you know, the standout. Eventually. Uh, there's a group of people who start following them and they're no longer their standout, you know, right. and they, well, they become a community in itself. Yeah, they're, so. they're
1: rebelling and they're all yeah, wearing yeah. radical clothing. But then, you know, everybody in that group wears the same clothing. So it, right. you're trying to be different and a rebel, but everybody's wearing Eventually the same Eventually they conform to the <laughs> same thing. So, so it, I, I, I how do you explain that psychologically?
0: I don't. I, for us, I think it's because we are human. We're limited, and we don't even know what's in our hearts. So, so there's a longing to be nonconformist, to stand out, to be different, to to go against the grain, and be ourselves and be our authentic self. But then, like everybody's their authentic self, and there's a degree <laughs> of like. So, so I don't really think we. I think what I got out of that section is we as humans don't really know what we want. We we are, one day we wake up, we're like, I wanna be a rebel, the next day it's like, I need friends, and then you just go back and forth. Well, and that's how about human this? nature. So,
1: so the nature of, of uh, being a part of a group yeah. is the group has a certain set of norms or standards. Yeah. Like to be a part of the group, you have to abide by the standards, right? So if you're a rebel, and you're rebelling against this set of standards, yeah. It's funny that your rebellion takes you to a place where now you're part of a group that doesn't, they don't have no standards, they have their own standards, and you can't be a part of that group unless you embrace those cultural norms. So it's the irony... That you can never re- you can never belong unless there's a set of, of behaviors right. or expectations or norms yeah. that you must conform to. Right. So being a rebel and being going against
0: the grain can never be the the transcendent, consistent value because the the moment you rebel and you and other people join your rebellion, you are <laughs> no longer a rebel because you have because yeah. we see this yeah. in the tolerance movement, the woke the woke movement, right? Yeah. Like you you need to be tolerant. You need to accept. You need to go against the norm. Well, they create their own standards. And if you go against their norm, you're silenced on Twitter. You're silenced on YouTube, right? right? right. So at some point, w- you're the anti-establishment becomes the establishment. So so anti-establishment by itself cannot be a vital principle that's consistently followed throughout, right? you simply saying, I want a different set of rules. Right. But but that's not how the rebels frame it. They frame it as, we're a rebel. We're going against the rule. They don't frame it as, we want to create our own kingdom, our right. own rules. right? right? But so.
1: they're like, I'm a rebel, and so are all my friends. Yeah. But you can't be in our group unless, unless. How dare you rebel, <laughs> rebel against our rebellion? You know, like well, so, okay. So yeah, let's talk about, yeah. you know, in in the church, we've got these these folks that are like, um, uh, you know, well, who are you to to make me conform to to a certain set of standards? You know, in other words, to be part of the kingdom of God, to be part of the local church, God has spoken about certain ethical norms, right? Behavioral norms, yeah. like thou shalt not. That's an yeah. ethical norm. And when people, when you confront people as a pastor with, with sin and you say, look, you need to repent of this, whatever it is, uh, and they say, no, I'm not going to repent. I'm just going to keep coming to church and acting like a Christian, but I'm not going to follow the norms of the kingdom. Then, biblically speaking, the Bible instructs us to say, you know what? Then you cannot be a part of this community of faith. Because you're not willing to conform not to what I think is right, but to what God says is true. So the world looks at that and condemns the church as we're being mean, we're not kind, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But then they create their own group, they create their own norms, and then they they cancel people who don't abide by those. They have their own religion. So it's hypocritical. Uh, And as you pointed out, you're going to belong somewhere. The choice is what what ethical norms or standards or behaviors are, do you want to conform to?
0: And, and that's the consistent argument. That's the transparent, authentic argument is to, to honestly say, I don't like your rules. I want my rules. And I can come to you and say, let's have a, let's have a real debate about... Your role, your worldview, your kingdom versus my kingdom. But that's not the argument today. The argument today is you have a worldview. How dare you impose your worldview on me? Right. So I don't even which, need to defend my t- worldview.
1: I just need to attack yours. Which, as we talked about, is so, fundamentally irrational. Right. Because as soon as you say, "Well, my rules are that there are no rules," well, you just made a rule. You Just made a rule. You so just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. You know that's the beauty of truth is right. you you can never get away from truth. Yeah. It's always staring you in the
0: face. Well, so so in this world, in which people are not up front about their worldview or their stand or their religion or their uh, hierarchy, um, what we have is what he says, the politics of recognition, which is the example you gave about Picking teams in the um, in gym class, right? Right, right? Who gets picked, who gets recognized first and who gets recognized last? You know, pick, when you get picked first, you have a degree of honor or whatever.
1: Right. to and, it. But when you pick last, you're a loser. Right. And, and that's, and no one wants to be. So you just, right. you just, you decide you're going to not be part of that exercise at recess and you go become part of another group yeah. to where you feel accepted and belong. Right. That's just human nature. But he was talking about this idea of nation state. We used to see ourselves as Americans, Like, even if you lived on the border of Mexico, proximity-wise, like you live in El Paso, you're still gonna identify with somebody who lives in Maine more than you're gonna identify with somebody who lives in Mexico, because you have a shared set of beliefs and customs and and a a meta-narrative about what it means to be an American. And there's a sense of patriotism that pulls us together. So no matter whether we live in the Southwest or the Northeast or what part of the country, we're still an American. And even in elections, it used to be when an election was over, if the person you wanted didn't get elected into power, you still said, okay, well, we're still Americans at the end of the day, and my identity as an American transcends even my identity, whatever political party that I'm in. But the last few elections have proven that's not the case. It's like we're in a civil war, yeah. and we're, we're fighting tooth and nail to hold power, and it's, we're really the, the divided states of America right now there's no longer a a transcendent piece of identity that says, first and foremost, I'm an American. And he gives the example in the book, you know, he's from Great Britain, when uh, the BLM riots were going on in America, there were people marching on the streets in Great Britain, even though culturally, and, and from a nation state perspective, they had more in common with Hong Kong Then with riots in America, because Hong Kong used to be part of British territory. Exactly, uh, just a couple decades ago. Right. Yeah, but it was part of their their history, part of their story, Um, and and he was saying how strange that was. And of course, he goes on to explain why that happened. You know, the the pill opened the door to support the sexual revolution because it gave gave you some form of control over pregnancy, right? He's now saying with the advent of the internet, people are able to find and pursue the identities and the tribes, so to speak, that they want to be a part of. And so issues of time and space and and borders and nationality and all these things, the history that used to hold us together are now no longer in play. And, And people are finding an identity on an internet. Again, he gave this strange example during ISIS when they're cutting people's heads off there were people who were pledging allegiance to ISIS, American kids, on the internet because somehow they found that to be cool or, or they identified somehow with the ISIS movement. And you're sitting here scratching your head going, why is some kid from some Midwest small town finding identity with ISIS over in you know, the Middle East of where they've never been, they, they have nothing in common, they have no shared history, no shared heroes, and yet they're somehow finding in their own minds a place in that movement more than what it means to be an American. Right. Because
0: these boundaries that traditionally, like you said, the nation state, the church, and the family has been eroded over the last several decades. Yep. So those shared identity has been destroyed. Okay. Even, um, traditionally, even for Americans, what does it mean to be American? It means that you believe in a set of documents called the Constitution. OK, though we might have different slight interpretation in the day we say, hey, we support the Constitution. America is not a, a, a straight democracy, which is like mob rule. America is based on constitutional republic. In other words, uh, the Constitution sets the rules for for what happens. But now <clears throat> the Constitution is no longer uniting factors. Constitution
1: right. is actually a dividing factor. Right. The Constitution is being viewed as a prejudicial document. And, and, and this was what was disturbing to me. You're watching the news. Uh, and you're watching all these cities up in flames and then you're you're going to university campuses and you're seeing people that were part of our shared history. Now let me just mention, there, there are no pure heroes other than Jesus Christ, there's no perfect people, but every single person that we've made a statue out of made a significant contribution to the history of where we've gotten to today. And unless you understand the flow of ideas, and, and the contribution those individuals yeah. made, which is the purpose, by the way, of teaching history in our schools is that's where our heroes come from. Those are the people we celebrate. So nobody would have questioned, for instance, Abraham Lincoln sitting there in this beautiful monument yeah. in Washington, D.C., until now there were people spraying, spraying graffiti over Lincoln who was a massive, you know, historical figure in in the civil rights movement, and to the civil war, and to the freeing of, of and uh, freeing of slaves in America, and yet, who would have thought Lincoln would come under attack, or Washington, the founder of our nation? These were people that pulled us together, not people that separated us. But all that has been turned on its head, literally, and there's been such poison poured into our our historical narrative. So, so we got the nation state being. No, the
0: sense of community of the nation state of United States of America being destroyed. You have the family, you have the church, all these are being dismantled, right? So what you do is, what happens, you create all these vacuums for community. Because human nature still longs for belong. So what happens is, you know, for those who, many took advantage of that. They say, well, because of the internet, I can create a community right. anywhere. I can go online and create a YouTube channel and create a community. People even call it the LGBT community, community the minority community, the dog
1: lovers community. The, yep. Well, the, remember when the ad came out like uh, for Jeep? Mm-hmm. It's a Jeep thing, you, you know. Like Jeep created its own community of Jeep lovers, right? Facebook, uh, they're commercial. They, there's like uh, there's a million communities for you to choose from, right? Right. So
0: when you have your commu- community, community is becomes like a, a, a mall, a shopping list. Like, I want to be part of this. I'm gonna be part. A little bit of this, a part of this. What happens? There's no need for nation
1: state. There's right. no need for family. There's no need for religion. And that, and that's where he talks about right. a liquid world because yeah. all the, anything that was firm that held us together has just become liquid. It's, it's like melting wax. Yep. And so nothing. There is no terra firma. Right. Yeah, intellectually, philosophically, from an identity standpoint, everything is fluid now. And like you said, you get to pick and choose. Your identity or your group. Sometimes it's virtual. You you've never even met these people. You've you never might have talked more in to these common people. with
0: somebody on the other side of the world than your next door neighbor. Exactly. And that's what's happening in our in our community in United States right now. In many countries right now, that's what's happening.
1: And so, and so let's talk about the the impact of this. This mm-hmm. this is actually scary for nations. I mean, you can see where everything is moving toward this kind of globalist, one world kind of situation. Yep. Because all the things that held us together uh, and protected us, I want, to, I want to, you know, the Tower of Babel was protection. It was God saying, you're not all going to come together under a humanistic banner uh, of, uh, uh, of your own meta narrative, right, of identity and, and whatever. I'm going to divide you based upon language so that your identities are local, so that, you know, we even talk about this in government, local government, Uh, making local decisions, promotes liberty, globalism, produces tyranny. I mean, you can see where when America cannot be held together by any overarching narrative, we're ripe for destruction. Yep and 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 our freedoms are fragile we'll get into that in our next in our next podcast i mean things you hear people on the left now saying things like we don't need a first amendment the first amendment pr- produces racism or whatever we don't need it certainly don't need a second amendment we sh- we need to strip everybody of their right to bear arms um yeah and all these these things that were prized possessions that that were actually inalienable rights from god when you throw god out Everything becomes liquid, everything falls apart. Well, freedom of religion and freedom of speech used to be one of the unifying
0: factors to say hey. Well it was the I, sacred
1: virtue of the left. I mean they prided themselves in Well, I disagree
0: with what you're saying, but I agree that you have the right to say it. Right. That used to be a unifying and that's a powerful unifying factor because again underlining our difference in opinion is saying, you know, what, well, I still respect that your main image likeness of God that you get to express yourself without fear harm or or, or, or a persecution. That is no longer a unifying factor, which is crazy if you really think about it. But, but that's where we are today because, you create all, because the allegiance to something like the First Amendment, which used to be like the pillar of civil rights, right, is no longer there because they have allegiance to other things. Because at, at the end of the day, you are judging by your allegiance. My allegiance to the Constitution is down here, but my allegiance to this random community I joined on Facebook is up here. Yep. that's that's where we
1: are today yep and and so here's what you're having instead of natural rights mm-hmm. we have legal rights this is a big shift natural rights are rights that the state has to recognize that come from god they're they're pre-government yep. legal rights are rights created by governments and those legal rights can be twisted can be shifted one minute that you have the right mm-hmm. the next election you don't have the right and and that's very very scary as it relates to things like Simple belief that, as parents, we have the authority over our kids. That's not a legal right. That's a natural right. Um, that marriage should be between a man and a woman. That's that's not some government told us that marriage pre is pre-government. Uh, it, it was created by God. These are all sacred things like the sanctity of life. That's not a legal right. That's a natural right. But when you lose. That overarching sense of a God-created world with God-given rights—everything becomes the, in the realm of politics, and politics gets blown out of and, out of proportion. I think where just we to just,
0: in terms of prosperity, okay. Just from a very basic standpoint, of, if you want to start a business, if you have these crazy instability, every two or four years, probably every two years, you know, there's a change of regime, and then all of a sudden, these rights we had no longer we no longer have them. Nobody wants to establish any type of infrastructure. Nobody wants to start any business there. Yep. It's so hard because at one point you're paying taxes up here, the next is down here, but the next is up here. You just can't do anything.
1: And, and, and even where we're at right now where some, somehow one man, uh, the president of the United States, can pass an executive order and wipe out the personal private debt of individuals. He didn't wipe and, it out. He transferred it. Well, he transferred it. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but again, you sit yeah. back and go, wait a minute. What is the federal government doing micromanaging businesses and and involved in, in the banking industry where now the government becomes the bank and we're giving we're picking and choosing who we are giving loans to I mean this is insanity but what what what's scary is we have a whole generation of young people that think this is absolutely normal it, it is devastating to the foundations of Liberty one of the reasons why I believe that America has
0: been so successful um, is because of the the crazy amount of stability we have had over the last couple hundred years because of the Constitution absolutely because within the stable stability people can innovate and they can create and they can build and they can establish businesses and that came from the genius of the Constitution right you know how, how quickly do regimes change look at some of these countries you know every couple decades there's oh, a yeah. new regime there's a new a new revelation new re- yeah people yeah. get killed I mean just like you, you can't do anything you can't create you can't innovate anything in those culture. But, but that's what's happening right now. We're in a place of crazy upheaval
1: because well, of different communities. And think about this. You know, when Russia inv- invaded the Ukraine, um, there were stories coming out from the, you know, run-of-the-mill foot soldier that they had no idea that there was going to be a war. They had no idea. That, like, here they are now fighting their, sometimes their family members, right, who are Ukrainian. Um, and uh, the point is, the morale was so low. They're fighting a war that doesn't make any sense to them. Uh, there's no heart in it. You know, I, I remember hearing General Boykin say that, that so much of being a good soldier is transcendence. In other words, you're willing to lay your life down for, for shared values mm-hmm. that are greater than life itself. The question I'm asking, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are asking, is in America today what are those common shared values that we're willing to literally lay our lives down to fight for? I mean, you, you look back at the revolution, the Civil War, some of these things, you look yeah. at World War I, World War II, what made America so great was the fact that we were so unified and proud to literally to be an American. Right. And And what did it mean to be an American? Well, there was shared values that we all celebrated, even though we were different, our ethnicities were different, our neighborhoods were different, our socioeconomics was different. Uh, there's so many so many differences, but it was our shared values of what it meant to be an American and what it, what America stood for. Right. All of that's being poisoned right now. We are a divided nation. Um, I wonder if anybody's willing to fight and die for anything. Uh, when you live in a secular world with no transcendent values, all that it, all you care about is your identity, your rights, your freedoms, your pleasure, your sexual expression. Then there's nothing worth fighting for, and you become a very, very vulnerable nation, yeah. hanging by a thread. And, and I really think that's that's where we are right now. Uh, and unless there's a there, unless there is a, an awakening of a meta narrative that pulls us together, namely the kingdom of God, yeah. and the gospel, um, I think we're in a in a scary place. You know, and and
0: that's that's. That's, I think, to me, the good news. It's not just a silver lining. It's actually clarifying everything, which is, that's what the yeah. people understand kingdom more than any, anything else right now, because everyone's establishing the, the little kingdom. When you create yeah. a community, you're creating, like, who's accepted, what are the rules of engagement, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. You're basically creating your, your little kingdom. And when Jesus came, he came to usher in a brand new kingdom. Brand new rules. Yep. And he's saying there's a new king. And if you want to be a leader in this kingdom, you're going to be the servant, right? First will be last and last will be first. If you want to really live in this kingdom, you have to lay your life down. He lay out the rules for this new kingdom, right? And in many ways, we have a great opportunity through the internet, through all these different media yeah. to usher in not our own kingdom, not our own little Christian circle, right. but the kingdom of God, to align ourselves to God's kingdom right. and really me- make his message known. So in many ways... Yes, the internet has opened the world to all kind of messed up stuff. Yep. But it's also a great opportunity for us to to usher in his kingdom. Not just like a Christian message, not just like our own personal brand, but right. the, the message of the king himself.
1: Well, when I think of local churches as embassies of the kingdom and of, of the king... People are looking for belonging. The local church should be a place yeah. where people find love and acceptance, where they're seen, where they're known, where their where their gifts are are explored, discovered, you know, enhanced. Uh, where they're able to find meaning and loving and serving. I mean, the church is the answer to the fractured.
0: If the church
1: is abiding by the kingdom, because there are
0: many right. churches that are not. So yeah, I mean, you, you want to make that. I know there are businesses who are more kingdom than churches. So we have to be very careful. This is not about just uh, getting my own, getting my own following. This is about aligning everyone to the King, because in His King, or we're just creating another community like anybody else. Which I've just seen quite a bit of that.
1: This is why the the kingdom is eternal. It's ever increasing. Uh, We will, He will reign forever, and we're going to enjoy perfect community and perfect freedom. Under the King, Absolutely. and, uh, and that's, the, that's, the, the that's that's the that's what everybody longs that's for. That's the ultimate place
0: of belonging, yeah. right? That's the ultimate yeah. place in which we can truly long for. People are longing for belonging, and, and they're really looking for the King. Yeah. So anyway, so hey, if
1: you're listening to this podcast, I want to invite you to come out Sunday. We got three amazing services, and we're not perfect people, but we are trying to follow Jesus. We're trying to love well, and we're trying to create amazing. Community where people uh, again are known and belong and uh, and feel a part. So, if that's you and you're looking for a great family, uh, get off the internet, come experience some real people. Uh, but I'm glad you're on the internet now because you're watching this. But don't <laughs> stay there. Come come out to church and meet some real people yeah. and uh, and uh, be a part of what God's doing. So, thank you for watching. Until next week, share this it with as many people as you can. It's the good news of Jesus Christ and His Kingdom. It's where all the answers are found. All right, we love you all. Thanks for tuning in.